Hello and welcome to the show. This is the Sales for the Nigerian Business Person podcast. It's available on Spotify, Google, Apple iTunes, or any podcast player of your choice. So subscribe for free once you're done listening to the show. Especially the 40% of you who keep listening to this on a web browser. It'll be a lot easier if you just subscribe and you don't have to keep looking for the web links that I put out over on the interwebs. Then, when you're done, also remember to give me a five-star review because so far, the chain is unbroken on Spotify, on on uh, Apple iTunes. I only have five-star reviews, so let's keep up the, um, the trend. Okay, so today on the show, it's a two-part question, another audience question, and this time it's from Tafadzwa Denga. So forgive me if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Um, I'm Tiv from Benue State. Nigeria. So that's kind of how we would pronounce this sort of, well, from what I'm seeing over here. So Tafadzwa Denga. So he would like to know, or she would like to know, please, it would also help. Hmm. Okay. No, that's not necessary. Anyway, so he or she would like to know, how do you make people trust the product that you are selling? So let's get straight into the uh, answer for the question from Tafadzwa Denga. And in case you haven't figured it out, yes, I like the name. So far, I think that's the most interesting name I've come across from any podcast listener or anybody who has attended um, any of my training sessions. So, um, is trust important to the sale? That is one of the um, fundamental assumptions to the question, and the answer to that is yes. But how much trust is necessary for the sale depends on whether you are in a simple or in a complex sale or a simple sales situation or a complex sales situation. Now, for those of you who've been listening to the show for a while, you already know what it is. But I'm going to assume that there is a newbie who is discovering this podcast for the first time. So I'm going to take a step back and give a summary of what a simple, um, complex situation is, what a complex sale is, and how we can tell the difference between the two. Now, in a rough sense, um, all sales are equal because there are certain principles that we're trying to follow. Uh, people are apprehensive. They don't want to buy. So we're trying to diminish sales resistance. And then we're also trying to build sales acceptance. That means we're trying to get people um, interested. But the dynamics are different depending on whether it's a simple or a complex sale. In a simple sale, you're dealing with something that is low priced. Often, it's a commodity. So on the podcast, the examples I've given in the past are when you go to the market and you go to buy uh, Egusi. Uh, well, that's for those of us who are Nigerians. Egusi is a uh, spice, uh, condiment. It's something you need to make um, soup. It comes from melon. You take it, you grind it up. It's sold in the uh, open market. And, um, okay, well, it has become expensive because of uh, how things have gone on um, in Nigeria, but it's a simple commodity um, used for cooking soup, basically. So let's just say typical groceries for those of you in any other part of the world. So um, that's a simple sale. It's a simple uh, commodity item. It's um, undistinguished. The egusi the that you get from um, the person on the stall on the left is going to be the same as the egusi uh, that you get from the market woman um, on the right. It's going to be pretty much the same. Except if you go to a different market, maybe where they get the uh, melon seeds from a different part of the country. But it's a commodity product. It's the same. The price is going to be the same no matter where it is that you go. So apart from it being um, low priced, uh, you can see that the stakes involved when it comes to a simple um, sale are very low. 
So with a Egusi, uh, the stakes involved are low. You can't buy the wrong Egusi. It's just not going to happen. If you buy a bad batch, then of course you go back to the market, you cuss out the person who sold it to you, and then um, you buy another batch. But the stakes are low. And typically, the number of people involved in the decision-making are very few. So if my wife sends me to the market to buy Egusi, the people involved in that transaction are the market person behind the stall, and then there's me, and then there's my wife. So best I can do is to get there, call, uh, sorry, get there, ask how much, they tell me the price, maybe I forgot to write it down, so I have to call my wife again to ask, is this price all right? Um, how many quantities should I buy? Should I buy one mudu? Should I buy uh, uh, one bowl? Should I buy one, you know, whatever. So in that case, it's a very um, simple thing. Show up, price, ask, pay, and then leave. So uh, where was I? Okay, so um, the stakes are low. Uh, what else? Commodity product, low price, the number of people involved in decision-making, oh, and then the desirability for a relationship. When it comes to these sorts of things, people are not looking for friends. The woman just wants you to buy the egusi and then leave so that the next person can buy and also leave. If he or she, the seller, is smart, they will try and get me into a relationship so that every single time I come back to the market, I go and buy from them. But the thing is, a relationship is not necessarily um, desirable. And then, of course, for um, simple sales, we're dealing with a simple subject matter. A goosey is just a goosey. It's seed taken from a melon and it's ground up. No more processing required. You ground it, um, you grind it, you dry it. Where do you dry it? Okay, I'm not sure if it's dried, but I know that it is um, ground up. So you grind it, you sell it. Not too much processing involved. That is very simple. It's not the same as buying a TV. A TV is a little bit more complex. Whether you're going to buy um, an HD TV or a smart TV or an analog TV or a TV that has um, six USB ports or two USB ports or... Um, anyway, you get the picture. Some things are much more simpler than others. Some things are much more complex than others. So when you look at a Gucci and you look at a TV, the TV is relatively much more complex than uh, a Gucci. But of course, if you look at uh, buying an airplane, that's for those of you who can afford to buy airplanes. Buying an airplane is relatively more complex than buying a TV. So I hope you guys are also get in the sense that whether you're in a simple sale or a complex sales, sometimes it's kind of relative, but these are the rough guidelines. Now, a complex sale is kind of the opposite. We're dealing with something that is complex. It's not as simple as a goosey. Complex just means many parts. So it has many parts attached to it. And of course, um, it's also much more higher priced. And since it's um, higher priced, usually the number of people involved in the decision are a whole lot more. So back to the Egusi thing. For the Egusi, all I have to do is call my wife and she says, uh, what did they say? They said 500. Nope, 500 is too much. They're trying to cheat, uh, to cheat you. Um, offer to pay 350 and nothing more. If they say 350, buy two cups. If the lady insists on 500, buy only one cup and come home. I'll look for another place where to buy the Egusi. But then, TV starts getting a little bit much more complex. Uh, I'll have my preferences. I'll call my wife. I'm sure she has her preferences. But then when we're talking, we'll also consider what do the children need. Do we need to be able to hook up the uh, school computer onto the TV so that we, they can have a look at stuff? Um, 
if I have clients over at the house and I want to run through slides, do I need to be able to, um, what's that thing called? Is it Google Share? You know where you take your phone and you flick it and then the image appears on the screen. So do we need to do that? Uh, do we need to hook up Netflix? So you see that um, Wifey and I, even though it's just Wifey and I, the circle of consideration has become wider. We're thinking about the kids. We're thinking about my potential clients that I'm bringing over to the house. You know, those sorts of things. And then, of course, um, back to the example that I gave, um, a plane. So with the TV, you can see it's just me and Wifey, but the considerations are much more broader. A plane, on the other hand, it wouldn't just be me and Wifey and thinking about what the, kid, the kids want. I'd also have to talk to my um, accountant. Can we afford to buy the plane? Uh, what is the tax liability of um, buying the plane? Um, uh, what else? I mean, you, you get the whole idea. Okay, and then, of course, I have to talk to my lawyer again, buying the plane. So for somebody who is trying to sell me a plane, so for someone trying to sell me a TV, uh, the TV is going to look like a simple but the person who is trying to sell me a plane is going to look like it's a complex sale because the person has to be in touch with me, wifey. If smart, he'll also have accountant on SMS and maybe um, lawyer on WhatsApp or something. Basically, he's keeping in touch with everybody. He's keeping things um, multi-threaded. And when it comes to the complex sale, because we're dealing with complex items and it is high stakes, it is absolutely necessary. I mean, people do want a relationship. When I buy my TV and something goes wrong, I want to be able to call the TV vendor to say, hey, look, young man, you guys sold me this thing. We've only used it for one week and, you know, this is what's happening. DSTV is not connecting. Uh, Google's Netflix is not connecting, blah, 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 blah. So we need the relationship. The same thing with the plane. I want to be able to maintain good relationships with that person so that when the plane needs servicing or we need spare parts or whatever it is that those of you who have planes, you know, do, with maintenance and upkeep and all that, um, you're going to need somebody on speed dial. So the relationship is much more important when it comes to the complex um, sale. So that's what a complex sale is. That's what a simple sale is. Those are the differences. The level of trust that is required either in the person or in the product varies depending on uh, what it is that we're talking about. Oh, by the way, is that varies or varies? Uh, someone has tried to correct me on that. So whether it's varies or varies, uh, you get the point. It's different. So, um, okay, for the simple sale, when we're dealing with the simple sale, uh, trust in the product is assumed because the stakes are low. If I get to the market and I want to buy a goosey, I'm going to assume that this goosey is, um, is all right, it's safe, it's not bad. But of course, uh, most, I mean, of course, I'm going to look at it. Some people flick the finger through it just to be sure that there's no mold, but the uh, trust in the product is kind of assumed. And um, if you violate this, then you're stepping into criminal territory when it comes to simple sales. Because if you're in the habit of selling a goosey that is um, uh, you're a market vendor and you're in the habit of selling a goosey that is um, foul, that has run bad, then members of the market community are going to want to kick you out of the market. Eventually, somebody's child is going to get sick and the person might uh, call in the police um, on you. Um, so... Generally, it's not a good idea when you're dealing with um, uh, in the simple sale to uh, violate the trust when it comes to product standards and uh, things like that because very quickly you enter into um, criminal territory. So, um, what else? Okay, yeah, like uh, batteries. Uh, what do you call these things? In Nigeria, we call them finger batteries. You know, the batteries that you use in remote controls, the really small um, AA, AAA uh, kind of batteries. So, somebody walks up to the shop, you want to buy... Um, Tiger batteries, double A batteries, or triple A batteries, 
it's kind of assumed that this thing is going um, to work. So if you want um, trust in your product when you're dealing with the simple sale, then just stick to whatever the manufacturing guidelines are or whatever the producing guidelines are and you'll be fine. So tafadzwa uh, denga. So um, it depends on what it is that you're doing. So if it's a simple sale, then whatever are the production guidelines, manufacturing guidelines, stick to them. So if it's batteries that you are manufacturing, stick to whatever the standards organization of your country says you're supposed to do and you'll be fine. Um, if it is a goosey, assuming you guys have a goosey in that part of the world, it's the same thing. If all the local farmers in the community, if what they do is they take it, they grind it, they dry it, and they add one or two things before they sell it, do the same thing and you'll be fine. People will trust your um, product. Now, for simple sales, um, do you need to have personal trust in the person who is selling? Uh, it's a little tricky here. Um, maybe not necessarily until you start hitting higher volumes. So if I want to go and buy one cup of a goosey, I don't need to trust the market woman. I just show up. Madam, how much is the goosey? She tells me 700. I say, nope. I spoke to my wife. My wife says 700 is too much that I should pay 350 and not a naira more. And then we dance around and then we end up at 550 and then I buy two cups and then I leave. Now, if I am a wholesaler and I want to go and buy, let's say, 500 bags of a goosey on the other hand, now things are a lot different. Technically speaking, uh, it's a commodity. But now we started doing higher stakes. Quality control is an issue. Um, timelines, blah, blah, blah. Things are getting much more complex. So in that case, with higher volumes, I want to trust this market woman that when she gives me 500 bags of a goosey, when I say 500 bags, I mean 500 um, sacks in Nigeria, in this part of the world. The sacks uh, that we package these things are, are in um, this 12 kilograms, 25 kilograms, and 50 kilograms. So let's say I'm going to buy the 25 kilogram sacks. So if I'm going to buy uh, 200 25 kilogram sacks, I want to be able to trust this woman that she's not going to swindle me. So these are some of the uh, this is some of the uh, mental math that is going through in the mind of the buyer when they um, approach you. So for the complex sale. Um, trust in the goods and trust in the salesperson are essential. So for the complex sale, people want to trust that the television is on point or that the plane is on point. And then people also want to trust that the salesperson selling them the TV is legit and that the salesperson selling them the airplane is legit as well. Now, when it comes to um, trusting the goods, to get people to trust your goods, basically, all you have to do is to meet the manufacturing specifications and the um, certifications, and that should engender trust. So there's the International Standards Organization. Meet whatever the International Standards Organization says for manufacturing your TVs or your cooking gas or your um, standing fans or your airplanes or whatever it is that you're doing. Meet the international specifications. Um, meet the uh, national specifications. Here we have the standards organizations of Nigeria. I'm not sure what um, certifying body you have over there, so make sure you meet all those specifications. Then to engender trust in the goods, you also, um, testimonials would help. Um, you know, people who can, um, you can give phone numbers to that they can call to say, yes, I bought it, it's in good order, this is how it worked, uh, this was my experience, or um, uh, online reviews, uh, that would also help. Um, what else? And you get the picture when it comes to getting people to trust um, the goods. It's much easier to figure out. 
Now, the difficult one to figure out is how to get people to trust you, the seller. That is more difficult. Now, there are different frameworks for that, but my favorite framework um, is uh, from, uh, from Tom Hawkins. He's in the real estate space, but like I've said in the past, whenever you meet someone who's a sales consultant, um, a sales um, specialist or whatever, it doesn't matter where the framework comes from. You will find that frameworks that come from medical sales can apply to wedding photography. And frameworks that come from, wedi uh, from wedding photography can apply to uh, real estate, and, you know, stuff like that. So it's about understanding the frameworks, what is um, the key and critical elements, and then learning how to apply that to your own situation. So Tom Hopkins, American guy, real estate. But what does that have to do with those of us who are from Nigeria, Ghana, Zimbabwe, or wherever it is that you are um, listening to the show? For uh, building trust, he has a simple framework. It's um, three C's, if I remember correctly. I'm just doing off the top of my head. For those of you who um, want to check it out further, if you check um, YouTube, some of his videos are there where he talks about these sorts of things. So the three C's are credibility, competence, and commonality. Again, credibility, competence, and commonality. Uh, credibility. Credibility, what that means is show that you are trustworthy. How do you show that you're trustworthy? Uh, the typical things. Uh, the way you dress, that's one. Um, you have to dress in a manner that is um, appropriate or um, expected. So for someone who is selling airplanes, if the person shows up dressed like how I typically dress, because I typically dress in natives um, or sometimes um, t-shirts and jeans. So if the person shows up in a native, okay, no, okay, if the person shows up in native, but he's in Nigeria, no, it wouldn't work. I, d I don't think in Nigeria, if you sell airplanes, you show up dressed in native. I think it would be expected that you wear a suit and a tie. You dress all corporate-like. Then, um, so if he shows up in jeans and a t-shirt, you start looking um, untrustworthy. I know some of you might say it's, it's finicky, but this is just human nature. We need to dress appropriately. It's the same thing as when you step into the doctor's office and the doctor is wearing a singlet and he's wearing a pair of shorts. You just think, this doctor, uh, I want to see another doctor. So, um, yeah, so dress. We need to dress um, what is expected and what's appropriate. We also need to make sure that our, um, our conduct uh, is appropriate, you know, the way we greet them, the way we uh, conduct ourselves. So somebody who is selling um, an airplane, who shows up in a suit and tie, but has um, a toothpick um, in his mouth, or maybe he's uh, chewing tobacco, I mean, you get the whole idea. These sorts of things kind of dampens um, the credibility that you have. Dress appropriately, um, conduct should be appropriate as well. Then, um, talking about or displaying your certifications where that is necessary, because there are certain fields where that's necessary. So if you're in project management, it would help if you have the certification. I can show up and say, yeah, I know how to do project management and uh, let me handle this project, let me handle that project. But since there are international and local certifications on available on project management, it would help if you meet someone who has taken the international project management, you know, uh, whatever, 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 ICB 500 or whatever it is that you guys have in that space. So if you're in the project management field and you want to be much more credible, get your certifications. If you're in the accounting field, get your certifications. If you're in law, get your certifications. If you're in catering, 
you need to okay well catering doesn't have um certifications per se but in certain cities uh abuja lagos um what else metropolitan cities anyway the local council the city council the municipal council will want to make sure that well well they are supposed to make sure that your uh, kitchen is clean you're cooking with clean water those sorts of things so get those certifications uh medical oh medical you definitely need the certification in fact if you don't have the certifications to criminal offense in nigeria and i'm assuming in most part of the world you're going to end up in jail that's for sure if you're dispensing medical advice and you haven't gone to school gotten your medical license and um, gotten your dispensary license that's for those is it dispensary or something like that for those who open um, pharmacies for real estate you don't need the license but uh, it would help for those of you involved in um, uh, finance and in asset planning, things like that, you need your um, finances. So, sorry, not your finances. You need your certification. So those things also build credibility. Then professional affiliations and professional associations. So Nigerians in uh, Nigerians who studied law want to be a member of the uh, MBA, Nigerian Bar Association, that helps. Um, there's a medical and dental something association of Nigeria, so that helps. I'm assuming that it's the same in uh, whichever country you're listening to this. Uh, listening to this, then um, let's see what else. Okay, for engineers over here, they have Coren or is it Coren? The Council for something engineering, blah 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 blah. So um, all these things help to build your credibility. Anything that you do to show you are trustworthy. Now, competence. The difference between credibility and competence is this: credibility. You're trying to show that you personally are trustworthy competence you're trying to show that you can do the job so competence is about the job credibility is about you that's the difference um, and that's why people often speak about it in uh, the same breath credibility and competence because it's uniquely tied to you number one is showing credibility you the person you're trustworthy then competence to show that you can do the job so it's the same um, testimonials here will help yes He's a good doctor, he's a good TV electrician, he's a good DSTV installer, he's a whatever. He did the DSTV for me five years ago, we haven't had any problems. Oh, DSTV, that's um, what we call cable TV in this part of the world. Um, that's for those of you who are listening in Western climes. DSTV is digital satellite television or something like that. Um, it's a particular product name, but we just call all kinds of cable TV here. We just call it DSTV, whichever company you get it from. So, uh, yeah, so that's it. Testimonials, referrals also help um, uh, with competence uh, because nobody's going to refer somebody who is incompetent because referrals go rub back on the person who is making the referrals. Then case studies, uh, if you have um, any, these are going to help. Um, samples, uh, this is what I've done before. Go have a look. Um, for me, this is how I started out in wedding photography. I had samples made and I'd be over at the person's house or the person would be at my studio and you would have a look. These are the 12 inch books I've done before. These are the 10 inch books. These are the 8 inch books. This is the quality of paper. This is the quality of stitching. This is the quality of the frame. These are the sizes. You get the whole idea. It's to give the person the sense that this dude who is talking about wedding photography right now, <coughs> excuse me, he knows his stuff. Or this guy who is talking about fixing cars, he knows his stuff. This person that is talking about um, airplanes, um, he knows his stuff. Then, um, <clears throat> uh, guarantees and warranties, sometimes where that applies, also shows that you guys are competent and credible as well. 
Uh, for instance, Benetton is big in this part of the world, and I suspect it's because they have a very generous um, two-year um, guarantee. Is it a guarantee or a warranty? Where uh, the guarantee that you buy the fan, you buy the blender, it's going to work for two years. If you have any problem, take it back to the service point. The service people are going to fix it at their own cost. At first, I thought that that was absolute crap. I didn't believe it until uh, some of our fans packed up. I took it back to the service place and surprisingly, they had it fixed. Yeah, it took them two days to do that, but I was shocked. I mean, in this part of the world, in Nigeria, that a company will give a guarantee and honor it. I mean, I was madly tripped. So I figured, okay, I guess that's why they're taking over some segments of the African market, I suspect that it's uh, because of this uh, two-year um, warranty thing. So it's uh, good quality. They stand by that. And if you have any problems, um, they fix it, and uh, you don't uh, you don't get to pay out of your pocket, even if, in my own case, you have to wait two days. Then uh, the last one, commonality. Commonality, you need to show that you guys are alike, <coughs> excuse me, and you have similar interests, and you have similar motivations. So that's the point where you guys um, start talking personal, like, oh, you went to so-and-so primary school. Yeah, I went there too. When did you finish? I finished in 86. Oh, you finished in 95. Oh, ha, 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 ha. How is this? How is principal? So on. So, you know, that's it. You guys are laughing and, <coughs> excuse me, having a band. Then um, you also talk about similar background, um, your hobbies, um, you know, the number of kids you have, uh, what else, you know, other interests and other motivations uh, that you have. You're just trying to show that you guys are alike, basically. And this helps to build trust. Um, what else? Um, okay, before I move on from commonality, Religion and politics, generally, no. Don't talk religion, don't talk politics. Because you can end up really blowing things up. You might be someone on the liberal end, the other person is someone on the conservative end. We're not here to talk about who's right or wrong. You're here to sell your fan, you're here to sell your TV. You're here to sell your bags of cement, you're here to sell your fan or your whatever. Whether the person votes left or right is not really important to you, I mean, at this point time at the ballot box you can go and say what it is that you want but right now the focus is on just trying to get a sale done so generally you stay away from religion or politics except where religion and politics is absolutely crucial to the brand and is absolutely crucial to the sale for instance donald trump and then certain nigerian polit um, politicians uh, who do the whole group um, identity thing and ethnic affiliations for them that is the whole point so, if you're that kind of person, then yeah, play it up. I am from this part of the country. This is why you should vote for me. The other people, they're bad guys, they're demons. Do not vote for them. So, in this in this case, by all means, play it up. Then, some products also have regional affiliations. Uh, over here in Nigeria, there's uh, a lot more bitters. It's, um, the bitters are uh, they're, they're alcoholic drinks. Um, the alcoholic drinks, they, they, they pack a nice punch. Uh, how would I describe it? Should I say they're like gin? Okay, yeah, I'll say they're like gin or maybe vodka, but local versions of that made with um, roots. And, you know, they, they pack uh, quite a punch. Now, uh, those drinks are now uh, bottled and manuf uh, manufactured by, you know, big name brands in Nigeria. And some of them have regional affiliations. So, a lot more bitters. That is kind of a southern thing, southern Nigeria. Odogu bitters, on the other hand, has more of an Eastern uh, Nigerian um, associations. So yeah, you play up those things. So um, I guess if you're talking to a Southerner, what you should be talking is Alamo bitters. But then if an Easterner comes into your store, you should be hyping Odogu bitters. So you get the whole point. 
Now, um, are there other frameworks that you can use to build um, trust? The answer is yes, there are. And I have done older podcast episodes dedicated um, entirely to that. There was a Harvard Business Review, uh, Harvard Business Review publication on trust. I did that as a book review a long time ago on the podcast. So use any of these key terms um, when you're searching for it in within the podcast, and you should be able to find it to see what some academic perspectives on how it is that you build trust. Uh, Tom Hopkins is a sales professional, so he's not an academic. So um, anyway, have a look, see what professionals are saying, see what. Um, academics are saying and there is no right or wrong there is no best framework just pick the one that you understand very well and it's easy to remember so for me i don't need to carry around a book i will always remember um, competence credibility and commonality i mean even if you wake me up my sleep in the middle of the night you give me five slaps across the face and you ask me how do you engender trust that's the first thing that will come out of my mouth credibility competence and commonality and then I'll also clobber you over the head because I do not tolerate being violated in that way. So, um, specific advice for Tafadzwa Denga. Unfortunately, I don't have more specific advice than this because I don't know the details of your product, the details of your industry. I don't know who your target audience is and things like that um, for specific advice. So, for those of you who are going to ask me questions in the future, the more context you can give me, the better. Sometimes I reply back and try to get more context, but then it just takes a lot of time and um, I want to be able to look at the question, answer quickly, and then move on. So the more context you give me, the better. So more helpful next time if you say, uh, I'm Tafadzwa Denga, I'm from Malawi, and I sell blah, 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 to this, that, 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 that. These are the challenges that I have experience so far and how can I build trust for my product or my service so that would really help and it's absolutely important because the recommendations that I'm going to give for a first-time carpenter in Abuja um, who is you know starting up a carpentry business furniture business in Abuja is not going to be the same for a medical professional who is starting a hospital in South Africa or in Scotland so details will help and uh, keep the question coming on the socials I am going to uh, get to everyone eventually but not every answer is going to be featured as a podcast episode. So that's all for today, folks. If you love what you've been hearing on the podcast, then hit me up on 080-6466-2140. The country code is plus 234. So you can call me, can SMS, send me a WhatsApp or a Telegram for coaching and consulting services um, available. We have that for uh, different things. For instance, leadership and team development skills. We have coaching and workshops to help develop you, the salesperson, you, the business owner. We help with uh, team communication, um, team collaboration. We want to make sure everybody's collaboration skills are on point, not just for uh, you and your executive team, but also your employees as well. Also, connect with me on LinkedIn or any social media of your choice, except Twitter or X, because I have been banned from that. I'll tell you guys about that later. Uh, the uh, My name is Tavishima Ayede. You can confirm the spelling, the email address on the website where you're listening to this podcast or the profile of the podcast app where you're currently listening to my voice. So thank you very much for your time and attention. I'll catch you guys at the next episode.